Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here with co-host Dan Reese for this week's By the Numbers. The last of the regular season. It's been a lot of fun doing these shows from you, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What a crazy season. Uh, no, uh, well, uh, no more appropriate way, I guess, to end it than another crazy game, you know, right down to the wire and overtime. So, um, thought thought they had a, a pretty good chance but um another rough rough loss to end the season but i'm doing good it was a uh, it was an exciting season for sure yeah it it started off well we complained about all the heartbreak wins and then we found out that heartbreak losses are a lot worse than heartbreak <laughs> wins and we had plenty of that down the stretch uh let's see uh i'll start this off we'll go with 44 percent that's the ample time and space percentage for tyler huntley in this game now you wouldn't think that with the Steelers' pass rush and how 
effective they seem to be in this game. Hayward certainly had some push on the pocket, and Watt had a, what seemed to be a pretty big game. But they gave uh, Huntley ATS on 15 of 34 plays that resulted in a pass or sack, uh, 6.1 yards per play on those plays, but with two interceptions. So the 6.1 yards per play is not good for when you have ample time and space, but two interceptions is really bad for 15 plays, obviously, of any type. Um, the offensive line held up very well in this game. I mean, uh, particularly the interior offensive line at right tackle, they had a decent game. Villanueva wasn't the worst he's been this year, certainly by, by any measure. Um, I think, you know, the Lamar Huntley debates that we've seen started by some very foolish people about is Huntley great in Lamar, you know, is the, the big elephant in the room is that Huntley is, is really the better player and they're going to have to replace Lamar. Um, I think the real question should shift now to is Huntley the backup quarterback the Ravens really need or with him entering year three next year, do they need to seriously consider reloading at backup quarterback? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, I think we've seen that he did fine uh, when plan when teams weren't planning for him. Um, but as soon as, you know, teams started to game plan for him, which is the case for a lot of backup quarterbacks, it, it's a lot more difficult. Um, and he, he just wasn't able to, um, you know, you know, step it up uh, and, and kind of make the difference. Um, you know, I think it's really hard because spending on backup quarterbacks is uh, you don't, if you don't use them, then it's, kind of waste but uh if you need them then you really want a good one so yeah i I mean one of the things that that has been brought up and i wonder how the ravens react to it there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks out there i don't think that Huntley did anything this year to make him be the exceptional type of quarterback that anybody wants as their number one but you know maybe another team has a big injury or we get to a point i mean do you go ahead and entertain offers for huntley at this point given where he is along the uh, four-year declining option value the four-year declining value option, mm-hmm. or do you do you uh, say no? Nah, I'm just not going to do that this year. We could have the same problem with Lamar. We don't want to spend a draft pick to pick up a developmental guy, and then also be at the start of that process. Yeah, I think it would depend on on you know what they're offering. But if it was anything decent, I think you have to strongly consider it because mm-hmm. uh, you know the the difference between him and another backup may not be significant and you know the draft value um there's only limited amount of it so it's you know it's a it's a very valuable commodity so all right um my first numbers are negative 0.24 and negative 0.06 that's the epa per play for week 18 for the ravens and steelers so both negative expected points added per play so that 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 is not good, uh, as mm-hmm. you could tell from from the game. Um, you know, fifty two out of the two hundred and seventy two games this season, uh, just a, a little bit under twenty percent had negative EPA for both teams this year. So, um, you know, it, it's a you would kind of think of one one of the one of four options, right? Both positive, mm-hmm. both negative, or the two different combinations so a little bit below the 25 percent there uh has both negative out of the 52 of those games with both negative five of them were ravens games which is pretty remarkable uh week 10 with with miami week 11 with chicago both of the cleveland games and then week 18 with pittsburgh so it's pretty Mm -hmm. interesting uh both i guess because baltimore's offense struggled uh some this season and then but their defense was playing decent in a lot of games so 
Um, so, so I thought that was kind of interesting that, that they had above their share of, of games uh, with both negative. Um, overall this season, uh, the Ravens offense was 19th with a 0.005 EPA per play. Um, and amazingly enough, the Ravens defense was all the way down at 27th uh, with 0.07 EPA allowed per play. So their defense just really, really struggled on an EPA basis and their offense was just okay. So, okay. So that, that, that game at Miami is kind of like the start of the downfall of the 2021 Ravens. And I, in the games since then, how many positive EPA on offense games did the Ravens have? Do you have that number? I don't. Uh, not very many, I would guess. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't think many with without Lamar were, were positive. Um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one or two. Right. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I, uh, I didn't prepare for that. Um, okay, well, let's move on. I've got 115.6 and 12.6%. 115.6 is the pat- passer rating against Patrick Queen this year. And that's per pro football reference. It's up from 104.4 in 2020. We know he was very bad last year. You know, it's it's sad to say he did not really take a step forward as a pass defender in this last year. The 12.6% is the missed tackle rate per pro football reference. That is actually down from 16.5% in 2020. Um, it's still bad for an inside linebacker. You can't you can't miss 10% of your tackles as an inside linebacker. That's too many. Um, I think it's fair to say, and it's something we postulated on the, on the show regularly, is that uh, positional coaching is needed this offseason for Patrick Queen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you four alternatives on things Patrick Queen could get better at. And, and I want you to pick one in terms of which do you think is the most important. All right. One is to become a better block shedder, which I think has been a problem. One is to cut his – number two is to cut his missed tackle rate in half. So you're not going to cut it to zero, but if he could cut it to, to half, he'd be you know probably in the top half of inside linebackers if he would do that uh, instead of being one of the worst. Uh, the third, a better understanding and adherence to coverage responsibilities. So it doesn't become necessarily a, a player who understands what's going behind him, but he can he, he reacts a little quicker to the running back moving to the outside. If it's his guy, he knows his own responsibilities a little better. Uh, those those couple of things. And the fourth is a better ability to read the quarterback and possible route combinations off the line of scrimmage. So this is going to improve his ability to play the ball behind him and get in the lane uh, well to make life more difficult on quarterbacks. Of those four, which do you think would be the most valuable? Uh, well, I, I, if I could have him focus on one, of, I think it'd probably be the blo- better block shedding. Um, that, that'd be the one I think he could focus on and, and actually get better at. I think the coverage ones, you can get around more with coaching, with 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 a, uh, personnel grouping. Substitution. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I think also that's just a really, really hard one for a person to, mm-hmm. to just get better at. Um, and I think the missed tackle one, I think a lot of his missed tackles, well, I think it's a mixed bag. I think some of them mm-hmm. he's just going too fast or takes the wrong angles and just gets, you know, out of off balance. But then some of them he's going, you know, are behind the line of scrimmage or are, are I know what you've talked about is like, good missed tackles, you know, they're or yes. non bad missed tackles, you know? And so, you know, limiting, limiting the missed tackles, 
I, I, I just, I think it's more about his game speed and, and, you know, and, and slowing down a little bit for those, for those missed tackles. So I think the better block shedding will get him in position uh, and help the run game a ton. Okay. That's, I, I, I think that's a good one. I think that's a good choice. Of course, I thought because of EPA numbers and the way that, that run numbers tend to be negative, mm-hmm. that you would be in favor of one of the passing ones. But, uh, but I know how you, you, uh, uh, you go by that a little bit. Anyway, yeah. uh, the one, the one thing I really am going to be upset if it happens, if he shows up at camp, and he's done nothing this offseason other than to just go through his normal workout, I think it will really be a wasted offseason. And all the excuses are over for Patrick Queen at this point. He's got to get better as a football player. It, okay, he was new to the position. He's not anymore. What did he do this last offseason to get better? And he better have an answer for that. It better not be, well, you know, I played some video games and I went out to clubs and I had a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I think um, it, it is going to be a huge offseason for him. And I think you can really see the games when he is either, whether it's focus, pre- preparation, um, got a limited assignment, whatever it is. But there are, it's amazing between the night and day performances of his like even late in the season he had a, a one or two of them where he just seemed lost again or, or it was too going mm-hmm. too fast for him and it's just like so it wasn't like okay we all of a sudden broke through the wall and we're fine now he had a regression mm-hmm. again and and that's what's what's um what, what's worrisome to me is that um you know it, it is a it is a mental thing that he's gonna have to work on i think a lot so all right jumping to my next one is uh, 4.31 rush yards over expected for Latavius Murray in week 18. Where in the world did this come from for that, Latavius that's Murray? Per, that's per attempt, right? <laughs> as per attempt, yes. 4.31 is unbelievable for Latavius Murray. Second highest in week 18 behind only Melvin Gordon. And it's amazing because he faced eight plus men in the box, 50% of his runs. This defense was not messing around. They were stopping the run and he was still able to run, which, you know, that that's all taken into consideration in the rush yards over expected. So, you know, with the heavy box is really limited and he was able to succeed. Um, his efficiency by next gen was uh, was 2.19, which is the lowest in week 18. Efficiency is the number of yards run per yard gain. So basically he was only running two, a little bit over two yards to gain a straight yard. ahead. So <laughs> yeah. he wasn't messing around just straight ahead. And, and that, uh, that is from the handoff, right? So it's yep. includes his backfield run length as well. Oh as yeah. Yeah. If you're, if yeah. you're putzing around in the backfield or whatever, bouncing around, yeah, all those yards count uh, against it. So it's really like I got the ball, I ran forward and hit the hole. And you know, that's what he's done all year, but uh, I don't know whether it was better blocking, you know, better break, uh, you know, a, a, a little time off, get the fresh legs again, uh, or what it was, or Pittsburgh Steelers' bad defense, run defense, or maybe a combination of all three. Uh, he, he just this is what we were hoping, or I was hoping for all season with Latavius Murray, and uh, and this it was really an amazing performance. Unfortunately. Not quite enough, but uh, a really impressive performance at the end of the season. So I think you nailed it in terms of a couple things here. I think it really was the offensive line that was providing an exceptional game. And some of the weaknesses of the Pittsburgh Steelers in run defense really showed up. Devin Bush has had a crappy year, mm-hmm. and he really played like, like hell on Sunday. Uh, the other guy, Spillane, their other inside linebacker, wasn't of any use at all on that touchdown run. And the other guy who, who really did not secure his part of the back end on two of the four 
20 plus yard runs. I believe it was two of the four. Anyway, is Fitzpatrick. And, you know, he's a superstar, but he's but just wasn't in the right place. He, he gambled and was out of position on on uh, on those plays. OK, I've got some Latavius Murray related numbers. Forty one and twenty point oh nine. The 46-yard uh, touchdown run by Latavius Murray was 41 yards over expectation. So 4.1 per play. All he had was about 16 carries, right? So 15, 16 carries. So this was about two-thirds of his yep. yards over expectation right on the money, right? So uh, is the best run for any Raven in 2021. In fact, I looked at the top five, and the, bo- the bottom end of the top five for the whole year was about 43 yards. So this is probably in the top eight or so, at least, uh, for the entire you know, league wide this year. Now, one of the things looking at that run I noticed was he was absolutely loping. I mean, it wasn't a a sprint. It was a, yeah, I'm coming down the stretch of the marathon, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm going to cruise to the wire and, and, you know, take my victory lap and put my arms up. I mean, he he wasn't running very fast. Well, AWS comes out with their, with their top speed numbers, 20.09 for Latavius Murray during that run. Now, I can do a little bit of by hand timing and I can tell you when he got to the line of scrimmage using the thing and I didn't do it yet, but I'm going to. And 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 you know, yards and that distance and hey, you and I are actuaries, we're actually able to calculate that in terms of miles per hour, convert it. There is no way he was anywhere close to twenty point oh nine for that <laughs> for the average over that whole distance. He might have been twenty point oh nine for like consecutive 10 second measurements about near the beginning of the run. But that entire run, I, I will, I will post that in Twitter. What is, what his thing was, I was joking and, and it's not fair, but that, that his top speed was more like 15 or 16 miles per hour. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it's, it's one of these things. If you know, if you know the AWS numbers, they don't vary that much by, by running back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but you can get up to about 22 for the top guys. And, and I would think you see plenty of 18s, for running backs who were on the slower side and Murray to be 15 or 16 is just being unfair, but he was, he was very much taking it easy for the last 20 or 30 yards of that run. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably good. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. he had a full out sprint, I'm not sure it would be the same yeah. success of the run, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was pretty wild. Um, you know, uh, he, he's not the speedster, but, um, but he is a, a different build for sure. Got, got, some long you know long build for sure so what's what's your give give me a over under on the probability i'll just give me a probability that that he'll be back in 2022 for the ravens oh zero i have five maybe just to not have zero uh very very low i don't think any of the veteran backs will be maybe they'll be back for camp but i don't think they'll make the the 53 Okay. Incomplete agreement. No wager. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Next number, 14.6%. This was the difference in win probability for the Steelers if they went for it on fourth and inches, tied 13 to 13 with 44 seconds left at their own 44. The the win probability if they went for it would would be 54.7%. The win probability if they punted was 40.1%. Per next-gen stats, this was the most suboptimal decision to punt since they've been paying attention to it. It was the really? worst decision. Yep, worst decision to punt. I was absolutely shocked by the decision. 
I didn't even really consider it a good result at the moment it happened that he'd been stopped a half yard short. I thought, oh, shit, they're going to run the clock out. This is this is bad. And then all of a sudden, you know, if they're in punt formation, it's like, what? <laughs> this is a gift. Yep. yep. Steelers have been doing this all season long. They've been making questionable decisions. Tomlin is not on the cutting edge of uh, – uh, you know, of analytics decisions. Uh, Baltimore got the ball at the 18 with 37 seconds left and two timeouts. Like yeah. this wasn't with no time left, you know, with no timeouts, they had two timeouts left and Justin Tucker, like they only had to get what 32 yards in, to get to the 50 yard line. And that's reasonable, right? It would have been really hard in Baltimore, but not a non zero percent chance for sure. So yeah. Wet ball, 42 yards, even yeah. though that, that 37 seconds, not outrageous yeah. that they could do that with two timeouts. Yeah. So it's just mind boggling that they, they just did it. And of course the announcers thought it was fine and the right decision, but whatever. <laughs> so, but the worst, worst decision uh, based off of win probability. So, it should, it should be it should be mocked relentlessly. They have they have a, a list of most cowardly punts. I think they do every week. I'd had to be yep. at the top of it because yeah. it's just one of the worst calls you've ever made. All right, back to the offensive line for a second. One six and six. Ben Cleveland allowed one pressure in the game. He made six out of out of six pull blocks in this game, which is good. He hadn't been making his pull opportunities consistently before this. And he had six highlight blocks as I account for them. And I know this is my number. It's not from next gen or whatever, but it was the high for any Ravens offensive lineman in any game this season. So impressive, at least from that, from that perspective, uh, I hope he will enter 2022 as the presumptive starter at left guard. It is a somewhat crowded field, but as you, it's been the last few years of left guard for the Ravens, not a particularly talented field. So they've had left guard competitions with the exception of really Bozeman taking it one year, I believe uh, they've had crowded left guard competitions without a ton of talent there. Yeah. You know, that's, that's awesome to see that, that uh, Cleveland had stepped up based on your analysis. That's, that's such a, um, you know, good sign going into it. You know, I think mm-hmm. he, he really got hurt with, um, with missing time in the beginning of the season, you know, missed that uh, opportunity and, and really struggled to kind of get his, his footing. So yeah. uh, to, you know, to, to have him have the off season building for next year, I think will be great. Yeah. I it just, there's, there's something you always hear about offensive line play. And I, I've heard that when they talk about the Super Bowl with the hogs way back when, or whenever an offensive line's having a particularly great game and there's an offensive lineman in the booth. So if you had Dan Durador from the booth, he, he would always be the kind of guy who would bring this up because I can only tell you there's nothing as fun as dominating the line of scrimmage against an opponent because it's like you're having a party every time you go back to the huddle. You know, you you, you basically just smile and winking and, and, you know, then you go up and you get to hit the guy across from you again and, and, and they're tired as hell and you're enjoying it. And during that game, after the consecutive 20 yard runs by Murray, which was on that drive that eventually ended in the interception. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it is three to four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Take a look at that if you still got the game on your DVR and watch Cleveland coming back to the huddle and how much fun he's having dominating Cam Hayward in this game. That's a quality opponent, right. but did a good job against him. That's awesome. Yeah, and one other thing I want to add is it's going to be big with Ben Powers because he has a, a significantly increased contract yes. uh, due to the playing time. So $2.5 million. So I think that he's going to be uh, someone to watch about uh, possible cuts and to get uh, salary space. So especially if Cleveland steps up for the leader uh, in the pack for that role. So 
Does, does it make him a trade candidate as well? Because oh, you know, uh, he's powers for sure. Um, but he's still more expensive. So, you know, he would be easier to trade if he was just without that increased pay. But, um, but absolutely, if they can get anything for him, that's better than a cut. So. Right. All right. Uh, my next set of numbers is 8.44 and 3.66. It's the yards per target for Hollywood Brown when Lamar was QB versus when he wasn't. So 8.44 per target when he was QB, 3.66 when he wasn't. The number of components that came into this uh, with Lamar, he or the, the average air yards was 12.1 versus 9.5. So that's a significant difference right there. Uh, the completion percentage with Lamar is 67% versus 53% without it. Uh, so, you know, throwing deeper and, th- and more, more uh, likely to complete the pass. So just kind of all, all around um, missing Lamar really hurt Hollywood at the end of the season. Um, and I think you could really see it in his play and his commitment to the game and his attitude. And I think uh, it was really rough on him in the last couple of games. I think it's really big for Hollywood uh, because his fifth year option is coming up soon. Uh, Mm -hmm. They have to decide by May 3rd is my understanding. And it would be, um, it'd be 12.9 million based on where things currently stand for him, which is a pretty significant amount of money. Um, And I, I I think it's going to be a tough decision. I don't think it's a no brainer. Um, Bateman has actually out snapped, Hollywood Brown three out of the last four games. So, you know, I, I, with limited number of wide receiver snaps for the Ravens, I, I think uh, it's in, it'll be interesting to see whether they want to pay that amount of money to Hollywood uh, going forward. Yeah, I think it's a risky thing. I think in the end they probably will do it for year five and then hope he has a big year. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's, that's, I mean, they could hope he has a big year in year four and let him walk after that. But it, it, it is a big risk, and you're absolutely right about this in terms of it's the difference between the quarterbacks. And part of the reason it's the difference between the quarterbacks is because Huntley it does not have pocket awareness, and the Ravens are aware of it, and they don't have running backs who are who are threatening at all. Apologies to Latavius Murray for the last big game, but they really don't. Um, and, and what that's led meant is that they've had to scheme for his lack of pocket awareness with quick throws out you know the lack of tackles obviously is significant to this too but they have to get rid of the ball quickly and that's meant he's been running a lot of shorter patterns and of course when he runs underneath he also is a guy who doesn't really seek to run through contact he he seeks to go down and you know given his frame it may be appropriate but it's not the best place to make use of his talents and he's he's been taken out of the meaningful part of the offense that, that he had yep definitely all right, let's see. What, what have I not done here so far? How about 22 and 1? Uh, 22 offensive snaps for Tyson Williams after week 7. He had two carries, uh, uh, sorry, two snaps and one carry. Uh, in this last game, he's had uh, two carries in the last 11 weeks despite eight activations. Okay, one defensive snap for Malik Harrison after week seven in seven activations. He's been a special teams player. One equipment problem for Queen was the only reason or he he went in the game. Um, You know, Williams was not cut all season. And the only reason I can see for that is that the team wants him for 2022. You don't treat a player like this and keep him around if if you want to 
if if you don't think that he can help you the following season, I mean, if if, if it were Tim Williams, as it was Tim Williams getting this kind of treatment a couple of years ago, they just cut the guy when they've when they've had enough. You know, there's no future in the guy that cut him. Uh, with with Tyson, I think it means they must see a future in him. And with Malik Harrison, um, you know, he's lost playing time to Christian Welch down the stretch, and that should really be telling him something about you know what's going on. But I think the other side of that is that you know the Ravens aren't going to get rid of Harrison because he's fairly early still on his rookie deal. But you know, he's a guy that they're obviously not happy with what happened in Cleveland. However, he got himself in the situation. It's probably not fair to blame him entirely, but then players got to take accountability for all outcomes along their own decision tree. And that includes where you are at any point when something bad happens. Yeah, I think, um, you know, both of them have been very interesting situations to watch this last season. Uh, Tyson Williams is definitely a a head scratcher. Um, You know, not playing him is one thing, but, lack of supporting, you know, commentary from the coaching and things like that. You know, if he's someone that you want to keep around for the future, uh, I, I feel like a lot more positive, you know, coach speak around how much he's developing in practice or growing or whatever, um, uh, you know, could build him. And, and I just didn't hear any of that. So it's just a very weird um weird situation for him and i guess it'll be interesting to see what happens with him i do think uh he'll be around next season uh due to the cheap uh, i think he's a exclusive rights free agent i believe and so he'll be around in the 90 um and then uh we'll, we'll see what happens with the with the roster cuts um with with malik harrison i, I think it's it's pretty crazy i don't know how much of it was health i don't know how much of it was, of, of what it was related to i know he has had some uh snaps as outside linebacker in that position do you think that's something he could look into more this offseason it's possible and the ravens are certainly light there and uh you know that that would be a reasonable switch of positions but you know if the Ravens had times where they were light there this year. They had times where they only had three active. And those, those were times I thought he might get snaps and he didn't. So most of his snaps came in a weird three inside linebacker, one, sorry, three inside, one outside linebacker package early in the season where he seemed to be playing on the outside. It, it's a little bit of a different animal. It's about four snaps in total. It wasn't a whole lot, but it's, it's possible they could, they could put him in as one of two. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe looking for a trade. I don't know if it just if it didn't fit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with both of them this offseason. It'll be a big offseason for both of them, I think. So, All right, my next number uh, is 7,579. Uh, speaking of a big offseason, that's the number of points based on the Fitzgerald Spielberger. I hope I pronounced that right. I don't know. Uh, draft calculation from the guys over at Over the Cap, and uh, I think um, Spielberger is over at PFF. Uh, PFF. So, and he does some stuff at Over the Cap. I think he's been on your show a couple times. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a new kind of formula that they have, a little bit more weighted towards a number of uh, number of picks versus as heavily weighted uh, to the top um, as um, the J, uh, Jimmy Johnson um, uh, draft chart. But anyways. Um, Based on that, the Ravens have uh, the seventh highest number of points of any team uh, behind only the Jets, Giants, Jaguars, Eagles, Denver, and Detroit. So that's pretty awesome. You know, 14th pick, but getting all the way up to the 17th uh, highest points due to the number of comp picks and coaching uh, picks from um, 
from Coley and then uh, some of the trades as well. So there are uh, so many picks that, uh, you know, <laughs> the mock drafts are going to be fun this offseason. And it is going to be a lot of fun to, to talk about everything going on. So, yeah, first year post COVID too. We know that, that there's an extra, not maybe half a draft, but there's some, a lot of additional small school prospects who deferred their uh, movement into the uh, into the draft for the, for a year, and that's frankly a lot of reason why the Ravens couldn't find running backs by their usual method. The one thing I wanted to ask you about Fitzgerald Spielberger, this is a flatter evaluation yeah. uh, than than JJ because I think everything is, but where does it fit among the various valuation types uh, for how flat that valuation is? I'm trying to wonder. How much of that is in those value of those fourth round picks being a lot higher than other systems would say they are? Oh, my, I think it's, I don't know for sure, but uh, my guess is it's one of the flatter, the flattest. I, I don't know for sure, but um, based on everything I know about the work of the two guys, uh, they would be on, on the newer edge of more picks, more, you know, more shots at, at, at getting someone good. So, uh, I, I'm I'm guessing they love all those five fourth round picks or whatever the team has. So uh, it's it's going to be wild for sure. So, all right, always a pleasure doing this show with you. We're going to try and come up with some reasons to do it during the off season. Absolutely, uh, bring numbers that are related to that. And uh, Dan, tell people where they can find your work. Yeah, you can reach out on on Twitter, uh, DP Reese, and then the number eight. Uh, going to be looking into all this draft stuff. Uh, going to be uh, looking into how the team did over the last year. I'm sure I'll be shooting out some a number of uh, you know different models and and studies that I do. But if you ever have a question that uh, you know you wonder how the data you know how the data whether backs it up or, or uh, proves it otherwise, just uh, reach me out reach out to me with your question and I'd be happy to look into it. So. Outstanding. Definitely a follow everybody should have is at DP Reset. Uh, other folks out there, if you're looking to do one of two things, if you want to do a 25 years episode, I'll still get you in. Even though we're past and the 26th season has now occurred, we can just talk about those first 25 and, and, and be happy with that because I don't think I, I want to talk about this season too much more anymore. Uh, we'll have positional reviews coming out very soon. Uh, we've got people for all of those, but thanks for your offer, all the offers we're getting on that. Uh, we want to talk about the draft a lot in the coming months, and we're also looking for people who have specific narrow topics that relate to the Ravens. Franchise building topics are always good before the draft. Um, be happy to talk to you about them on a film study short. We'll bring, be bringing that series back. Hit me up on Twitter. DMs are open. And always appreciate all your listens. Uh, Dan, we're doing a little bit of, of time on, on Garnett's uh, Twitter spaces, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the first Twitter space. It loved the, you know, a fun addition now out there on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to doing it more in the offseason for sure. Yeah. That'll be uh, that'll be all kinds of fun anyway. A chance to just talk directly and those 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 answers that don't fit in two two hundred eighty characters. You can spend a few more in, in, a, in a spoken Absolutely. word format like that. Uh, Dan, thanks again for doing the show with me all season. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> Say goodbye. 
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.